0: Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy podcast show. In this episode, I'm going to touch on the two things that I think are the biggest liabilities out there that are very common that happen all the time. And I'm going to address ways to avoid this, of course, and not to put yourself in a position to make these mistakes out there on your pool route. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So I think the number one thing that you can do out there to cause liability for your business, and by the way, I should backtrack a little bit and mention you should have general liability insurance on your pool route of some form. I think the best company out there right now is SPA, S-P-P-A. If you go to the sppa.com you can see their rates there. And if you join my group, you'll get a 10% discount, plus you'll get the $100 application fee waived. And you can learn more about my coaching group at poolguycoaching.com. Also, throw that out there at the end of the episode. So what general liability insurance does for you is it protects you from a large claim. Now, there is a deductible like your car insurance. I think it's a $1,000 and it protects you depending on which plan you get. I'm not really want to do a full commercial here, but depending which plan you get, you get up to $3 million, $1 million per incident. And so this covers you for the big stuff. And something small can definitely turn into something big very quickly. And so you need to have this as a minimum, having general liability insurance. And so back to what I think is the number one claim out there in the insurance or by people claiming on their insurance is when the pool service company fills the customer's pool up, they'll turn the water on. But they'll forget to turn it off. And so the, the pool will overflow into a neighbor's yard, into the homeowner's home, and things of that nature. I knew a landscaping company that was doing irrigation and they had done something, I don't know exactly what. Customers were gone all weekend and they came back and their house was flooded and it was about 30,000 um, worth of damage. And this company did not have insurance. And so that pretty much puts you out of business. So definitely as a pool service provider, One of the things that could cause a similar thing is when you fill up the pool and you don't turn the water off. I know from experience that it's extremely frustrating when you're taking care of a customer's account and the water level is low there. You know, the pump is not circulating. There's extra work because of all the debris on the bottom, extra chemicals because the water wasn't circulating, might have algae forming. And so it's very tempting to fill the pool for the customer on a regular basis because they're not doing it. One way to avoid this, I have a service agreement in Word format, one page long. I can email this to you, and basically in that one-page statement, or actually service agreement, I should say, it states in there that the customer is responsible to fill the pool. You're not responsible, so you won't be filling the pool. And if you want a copy of that service agreement, simply email me at david at swimmingpoollearning.com. That's david at swimmingpoollearning.com, and I'll get that template over to you um, once you email me. And I think it's important to reiterate the fact to the customer that you don't fill the pool. And one of the things that can get you in trouble is when you do fill the pool and forget to turn it off, and this happens a lot. Um, One thing that I do when I have to fill a pool, let's say you're doing a real estate vacant home, which I've done in the past where there's no one there to fill it. What I'll do sometimes is sell the agent a pool sentry which is the device you put in the pool, attach a garden hose to it and let that fill the pool for you. A lot of times they don't want to put any money into a house that's vacant, understandable and so you fill the pool up. So what I do is I put my truck keys on the fill valve and I've gotten back to my truck several occasions by doing this and don't have my, car, my truck keys on me and I know right away that I would have left there with the water running if I didn't take that step. And so worst case scenario, you'll go back to your truck without your keys. If you don't take this little safety thing, and I actually have a, a carbine that I'll cl- clip it on there so that I know that I'm not going to forget. Um, you definitely um, won't have much of a problem if you do that. But if you do this on a regular basis, you're going to be thinking, did I turn the water off or, you know, things like this. So you just want to get out of the habit of filling a customer's pool. unless. pool like I mentioned, it's absolutely necessary because of the fact the house is vacant and you're maintaining it for the realtor or for, you know, the property management company, then it's inevitable. But on a regular basis, if you're doing a pool and you have to fill the customer's pool every week, you shouldn't be doing that because then you're just, um, you know, adding to the um, statistics. I don't know if that's the right word, but the more times you do it, the greater chance you have of leaving it on. Let's put it that way. And so you don't want to do it. To begin with, in those rare occasions where you do have to fill the pool, make sure you put your truck keys on top of the fill valve or the hose bib so you don't leave the water running and go to your truck and leave the site. Um, you know, One thing that liability insurance does cover you for is if someone falsely accuses you of something. And I've had this happen to me where a customer said that I left the water on, I don't turn the water on. It happened to be the mother-in-law that was, took over We're taking care of the house while they're on vacation. But no one wants to blame the mother-in-law, right? So it's the pool guy who did it. So I got blamed for it. I didn't do it. Um, Basically, I just kind of told them that, you know, I don't turn the water on. I never do. They have cameras there. They could check it out. And I didn't hear much back from them. Of course, that service account, they canceled because of the incident. Um, But luckily, I had liability insurance. So if they did come after me... I think the water bill was like $600, and then there was some property damage from the flooding. So altogether, together, it was like five or 6000 I would gather. I would have my insurance cover that claim, no problem, um, since I had the insurance. But it never went further than that, luckily. So that's what liability insurance also protects you from, is a false claim against you, which could happen out there. And so it's good to have it. Either if you make a mistake or if someone says you made a mistake, you're covered, just like car insurance. Um, if someone were to back into you and say you hit them, the, your insurance would fight for you, knowing that they backed into you, and you know so forth. So I think that's a pretty big liability claim. Is uh, of course leaving the water on. So take steps to avoid that. You know, educate the customer of the fact that they have to fill the pool and not you. Educate them on the reasons why the pool should be filled, and kind of scare them into it. You know, let them know that if they don't fill their pool. Chances are their pump and motor could burn out and it could cost them hundreds of dollars. It could cause a leak in the plumbing. And the fact that they could damage their equipment or lose money kind of wakes them up to the fact that, hey, I got to fill the pool up. And there may be a few of them that are like, well, I don't want to fill my pool because I want to conserve water. Just let them know that running their pool or filling their pool for 10 minutes is like taking a shower, basically. It's not a huge amount of water and it's something that needs to be done. And so that's half the battle, educating the customer. The other half of the battle is you not filling the pool while you're at the stop, and then you'll never have that liability claim against you. The other thing that I wanted to mention here, and it's pretty basic, this is one that most insurances don't have to touch, but it's one that you're going to have to be aware of because you may have to, you may have some out of pocket expenses on it, and that is spilling meritic acid on the customer's property. There was a recent member of my group that posted a picture of a really bad one on flagstone, not flagstone, on pavers, sorry. And it was just like from the front to the back all the way, all the pavers were damaged from the muriatic acid dripping. I suspect that he had a T-Doula cart and he had the acid in there and probably the lid came loose or something and it just spilled all over the place. Something of that nature. And you could do some really serious property damage. Not irreversible but unsightly property damage, I should say, that could, of course, lose you that service account. Case in point, the group member that sent the photos actually picked up the account because they fired the previous guy for that exact error. And if you have, if you do commercial service, I remember way, way back in the day when I first started out, I was doing commercial accounts for this company, and they were hiring. They hired this young kid to do commercial accounts, and he had left a gallon of muriatic acid out on the deck. Of the pool with the lid off, and there were some kids that were playing with it. Literally, it's one of those things that's like a huge liability, and you know, lo and behold, no one got hurt, thankfully. Um, but he, of course, he got fired. And one of these things that you have to be aware of is that the muriatic acid. You should have some kind of system where it stays in your tote. If you have, if you use a bucket or something or a cart, that whenever you pour it in the pool, you put it directly back into that tote or your cart. You never want to leave it on a customer's deck. You never want to sit on the customer's deck because that's how those rings form. If you ever take over a service account and you see these rings all over the deck, that's from either the customer or the former pool service company leaving the gallon of muriatic acid on the deck while they clean the pool or do whatever. Um, Because when you pour the acid in, some of it comes outside the bottle and it forms that ring on the bottom. Sometimes inside the cases where you have the acid, you have a little bit of a leak And that forms that ring on the bottom. So I always dip my acid bottles in the pool before I pour it. And I never put it on the customer's deck or on the grass. I'll put it back in my tote or in my service cart. So it never actually physically touches the customer's property. And when you pour it in, you also want to make sure you don't splash anything on the deck because I could leave a stain also. And you'll see this also out there when you take over a pool. You'll see acid splashes on the customer's deck. And I'm really surprised that no one's invented a little container that goes in, goes around the acid bottle when you have it outside of the truck. And that would be a smart invention. I don't know, maybe call it um, the Acidator or something, or the acid I don't know, what, I'm just thinking outside the box here. But if you have an idea, or if you want to take this idea and invent it, go ahead. Um, but basically, you want some kind of way to protect yourself from dropping muriatic acid on the customer's property, or on the deck, or in the driveway. One reason why I rarely park in the customer's driveway not that my truck leaks oil or anything, but if your truck does leak oil, definitely don't want to park in the customer's driveway. I don't park in the customer's driveway because, number one, I could spill something in the driveway getting it out of my truck, which I've spilled in my own driveway, so I know that's a distinct possibility, or you could damage it with a chemical leaking as you're getting it out of the truck, so definitely stay out of the customer's driveway unless you have to. You know, if you're in downtown Los Angeles, there's nowhere else to park in the Wilshire District except in the customer's driveway. That's acceptable. But if you're you know, like me where I don't have to really be in the customer's driveway, I don't park in the driveway um, for that reason. I don't want to be accused of dropping anything in the driveway anyway. So I don't park there. I just park in the street if I can. Now, on those rare occasions where there's no street parking, I will reluctantly pull into the customer's driveway and park there. I do have like one or two accounts where I have to park in the driveway because it's so far away from the street. But other than that, I don't think you should be parking in the customer's driveway for that reason. And if you notice, whenever you call someone out to do service for you, they rarely will park in your driveway or to park in front of your house or across the street because they know from experience they don't want to spill anything into the driveway of your house. And the same thing goes for you. Um, you can also damage the customer's garage by going into the driveway. I had, a, I had one of my guys backing his truck up into the driveway for whatever reason. I don't know why he was doing that. Convenience. He hit the customer's garage with his pole and, and dented a panel. If you know anything about those panel-type garages that are made of the metal or aluminum, you can't just replace one panel. you got to replace the whole thing. And so he was out a lot of money because of that little mishap. So stay out of the customer's driveway. There's no need to park there unless you absolutely have to. But back to spilling the muriatic acid on the customer's um, property, you definitely want to make sure that out of all the chemicals you use out there, That your acid lids are on tight, that the bottles are clean, that when you're taking it out, you're not going to drop anything because it's very noticeable to see these acid splotches on the pavement, on the driveway, on around their pool, on their coping. And so one thing you have to know about muriatic acid is that it stains really easily. It's not irreversible. You can do a few things. You can try a pressure washer. You can also try a light acid wash on the cement around the area where you spilled. But if you're not familiar with cleaning up an acid spill, I suggest you don't even try it. And, you know, the best thing to prevent that is not to have a spill. But if you do spill some acid somewhere, um, there are ways to get it off. And it's technically not a general liability call because of the small amount of expense it is to clean it up and fix it. What it does do is it could cost you that account, which happens on a regular basis where they'll just fire you because you're sloppy, and so you're gonna lose money in that respect, and then they're gonna probably have want you to clean it up of course and fix the damage, and hopefully it's not you know from your truck all the way back to the pool, like in the case that the member sent the photo, it was like a really bad situation. Um definitely you can hire a professional hardscape company to clean it up for you. Um there's ways of doing it. You just don't want to take that role on yourself if you're not familiar with cleaning the acid off and you definitely don't want to spill in the first place. So take precautions when you're carrying the muriatic acid around in your truck, you know, in your tote, in your bucket, in your cart, and try your best to be very diligent not to spill that stuff because prevention is better than having to clean it up afterwards and explain to the customer, um, you know, what happened. That's probably the worst. So I've spilled acid before. Fortunately, it was an old, you know, deck area. The customer didn't care, didn't even notice it. Um, so I know what happens, and I wasn't careful that day. It was hot. I remember that day clearly. It was a super hot day. I was in a rush. I wasn't paying attention, and that's kind of what got me there. But luckily, it wasn't a new account with, you know, brand new coping and brand new deck around their pool. So I'm definitely be cautious around there. So number one, don't fill up the customer's pool. And number two, handle muriatic acid very carefully and treat it like wet paint, basically. You spill it somewhere, it's going to you know, stain it and ruin possibly the areas, and you can possibly lose that account. And if you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can definitely go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. And on the banner, you can click on the podcast icon. That'll take you to the podcast listings. And also, if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out the coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. I mentioned a 10% off your liability insurance there, something that you definitely need in the industry. And why not reap the benefits of being able to text me in real time? So basically, the discount will cover your membership fee at the $10 level, and I definitely think it's worth it. Um, again, you can learn more at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show The Pool Guy Podcast Show